And what's up, everybody? Welcome to the Old School OKC82 Podcast. No, this is not the first take Thunder postgame show on 107.7 The Franchise, although we are in Tyler Media's radio station building, uh, but the powers that be preferred a Texas Rangers game, uh, a baseball game, I should say, beyond the airwaves. It's in the sixth inning. We just didn't feel like waiting to do live radio. And look, I'm not... I'm not important. I'm not the one making th- these decisions. There are a lot of baseball fans out there. I think. I but, don't believe they are. Uh, yes, that is why we are just going to be coming to you via the podcast format as opposed to the radio. And it's a great time to do it because, man, Oklahoma City lost 127 to 106 to. Uh, hey, Luca decided to play tonight against the Thunder. That was nice against the Dallas Mavericks. Brady Trantham here alongside. Mr. Matt Burton and Christine Butterfield. Christine, you were just in this room a few hours ago, were you not? I was. Yes. Where? Tell the lovely, sexy listeners where we are. To our sexiest listeners out there, I was producing a political talk show called The Ride with Chad Alexander right in this very studio just oh, a few hours ago. Just talking about your politics and your manifestos? Uh, I tend to kind of not <laughs> engage a lot. But I'll you know I'll make some comments here and there. Obviously, if things get kind of out of hand. Oh, who'd you vote for in last year, last November's <laughs> election? Ooh, wow. Uh, we're not talking about that here. I see, Matt Burton. How are you doing this evening? I'm doing great. I am doing great. I I feel weird. We're in this studio. I'm still in the producer's suite, but we're still separated by. We're like, still separated. We don't like but, you for some reason. Well, you know, social distancing. I'm taking I'm taking it seriously. So yeah, and obviously you you are not. You got your so, second, okay, got you got it. your second got shot coming up this week, as do I. On April Fool's I Day. Poetic. I have mine this week too. Oh, good pool party! Pool oh party. my gosh! I think me and, I think me and Ryan both. I think me and Ryan together. both are on the. Let's all the get first, naked. April first. What? what? Oh, huh? 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 Mine's huh. on the this third. This is podcast too, so I mean. Yeah. But I'm not going to. I'm not going to. Not going. Not to. going. I'm not going to go uh, after dark. Are you going to go to the spring okay. game for OU? What if Unless they like tell me I need to go, which I don't know why they're telling me. I've kind of <laughs> scheduled the OU spring game as like the first event where I will go, go amongst a gigantic crowd of people and not feel any bit of not freak out worry, anxiety, or guilt. Yeah. It's like, oh yeah, no, no, that'll be past the two week window for me and for all of us. So uh, things are looking better, but not for Oklahoma City in terms of them trying to get that. Very elusive 20th win of the 2020-21 NBA season because, once again, Oklahoma City loses 127-106 to to the Dallas Mavericks. And it was really – it got close in the second quarter. Oklahoma City scored 39 points to Dallas, 38 in the second quarter. But from that point on, uh, Christine, it was all Dallas. And it is important to remember that, I mean, Josh Hall played. That's all we really need to say. Like, everybody knows SGA's out. Everybody knows Al Horford's going to be sitting out for the foreseeable future. You, Ryan, and – uh, Ryan Chapman and Matt did a good job of not only talking about that game the other night against Boston, but the the important things concerning the Thunder. So we don't re- we don't really need to rehash all that. But um, this is going to be kind of the beginning of the rest of the season. In that a lot of games are going to start looking like this, like that old Thunder team that was man, they're, like they're competitive in the fourth quarter at least. You know, with SGA and Al Horford every once in a while, um, whoever else can chip in here and there. But with the guys that are rolling out there, it's you know they're going to have games where they'll they'll score. Let's see, uh, twenty points in a quarter. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll give up 38, 29, 27, and thirty three. And the others just uh, the talent level just isn't there when you're rolling out with Josh Hall, Moses Brown, 
Teo Maladon for extended minutes. Right. And, when you know, the reason why Oklahoma City is able to stay in these games earlier is because of all the hustle plays that they're so good at, you know, making. You see them go for balls, make passes, get mm-hmm. those rebounds that sometimes NBA players that have been in the league for a couple of years just, you know, think, oh, well, that's just, you know, one possession. It doesn't really matter. But when you have players like Kendrick Williams always going for everything, Isaiah Roby's a big, you know, contributor that to, I mean, in that way. And then, you know, Moses Brown on the boards, you kind of can get away with these hustle plays that get you back in the game. But Unfortunately for the Thunder now, without SGA, without Al Horford, without those players that are really, really talented, they have nothing to fall back on when they start getting down by, you know, six, eight, ten. And then it just becomes like they're digging themselves into a bigger and bigger hole. So when you're looking forward to the second half, they don't have a leader anymore and a leading score that can just pull them up by the bootstraps and be like, listen, we're going to make this happen. They have to really connect with those hustle plays if they want to stand a chance. And they don't have consistent shooters that are able to just make sure that they can keep up with these teams. So it's kind of like this was the this was the tanking team that people assumed they're going to see at the beginning of the season. And then, you know, they kind of got in this wonderful world of, oh well we have Al Horford and we have SGA. We can we can get back in these games with leading scores like that. But now this is this is the tanking team that was expected at the beginning of the season and they're gonna unfortunately lose a bunch of games after this. But that's in their own best interest. So Yeah. Um like Christine said, no Al Horford, no SGA, obviously Lou Dort, uh, his first game in the concussion protocol, so we'll keep you guys up to date as soon as I, I I mean, this is going to be five, six games. Would not be surprised if Lou Dort kind of gets the SGA treatment of, oh, you don't really need to come back. Because also Darius Baisley uh, sat out as well. But him and Shea, Matt, decided to match and wear flannel. So at least they have that going. But, um, you know, when you're talking about the guys you have left over, I mean, there's still a lot of young talent to be excited for for the future. And we'll definitely talk about Alexi Pokashevsky, who had a uh, game high for Oklahoma City, 21 points. Uh, six rebounds go along with two assists in 34 minutes. Uh, but you, you're relying on Pokashevsky, you're relying on Teo Maldon, you're relying on Isaiah Roby and even Moses Brown, who had an incredible come-back-to-earth game today. Oh, yeah. And it just it just goes to show you that the future is bright, but it's going to take it's going to be an agonizing crawl to the finish line the rest of the season. Yes, this is tough for um, this is tough for me and some of the Thunder fans who were ready to build around uh, Moses Brown. After last game, we were ready to build the franchise around Moses Brown. You uh, already this was there? Definitely, yes, this was definitely a, uh, a comeback down to reality game uh, for Moses Brown. But yeah, it, I don't I don't really know. Like, what what do you really expect with this, with this when, lineup? Well, especially like, when, when Porzingis really is playing. Right. Like, we talked about exactly. that. We talked about that earlier today on Triple M of like this. It's a weird matchup just because, I mean, Porzingis is going to be out in the perimeter, and that's exactly where Moses Brown cannot right. affect he's the game positively def- at all. He's not going to defend mm-hmm. I didn't really notice him having to chase him around that much, because right. Porzingis actually did quite a bit of damage in the paint tonight, so he took the challenge on. But, I mean, this is something for Moses Brown that, you know, he gets signed of that deal the, uh, yesterday, or was it today? I can't even remember. Four-year deal. It's, it's the Lou Dort deal. Right. And basically that just tells you if you're a Thunder fan, okay, there's something worth investing in. There's something at least to be excited for in terms of, well, I don't know what he can be, so there's hope in that and not the unknown there. But 
when you start to see games where he gets game planned against guys, and um, I mean, of course, the production of six points, nine rebounds, it's not terrible. But considering where it's come from in his you know handful of games with Oklahoma City in the second half, it just goes to show you that he has a long way to go. But the important thing is, is with all these opportunities, all these minutes, just just to continue to do what everybody else around him has been able to do. Like once you hit that little wall, we'll then adapt and make something of it. Because if you don't, you will be replaced with all the draft assets, trade assets that Oklahoma City has in the next few years. I said that after his uh, after the Celtics game. Mm-hmm. That he should he off offensively, he should look at like Ennis Cantor film, right? Like he should just be the garbage guy, get offensive rebounds, offensive rebound putbacks, like all that stuff. And um, and Brady, we were talking about it. His free throw shot, like his form, shooting form, isn't bad. Not, like it's it's not bad. Yeah, it's not great though. But that's what I'm saying. I told him, I'm like he's not a great percentage shooter, but like yeah. there's something to work with with his actual shooting right. form. There's something. So, there's something. Not you saying can be... he's going to be a stretch five or anything like that, but I'm saying like maybe he could hit one from the elbow if he needed. Yeah. If he needed him to. Yeah, he should just um, extend his. Right. Uh, so range. he could. Like he, he doesn't have to right now, but he, he could in the future. And but that's the thing. Like he he should be nothing more than a backup center. This like is... if you really need a backup center, he could be a backup center. He's not going to be your starting center because whenever he goes against guys that are good like Porzingis, uh, this this is. This could be what happens more yeah. often than not. This this is kind of minuscule, but it, it really means a lot for Oklahoma City considering all the young talent that they have. And a lot of the talent a lot of the talent that they have is there are certainly players that would belong in summer league, you know, despite like a lot of these mm. guys like really showing out. Unless I've completely missed it, I don't think the NBA is going to be doing I mean, summer league in its classic form in terms of it being in July in Vegas. Um, I wouldn't be shocked if they pivot and find something else to do for all these you know young groups of players that need the opportunities because I mean Moses Brown would thrive in summer or not necessarily thrive in terms of the production but he would thrive in terms of okay we want you to do this don't don't be energy guy don't be standing under the rim being seven foot tall and getting all getting all these putbacks we want you to try and hit an elbow jumper we want yeah, like you- don't worry about your stats the Terrence Ferguson don't thing. worry about your stats we want you to work on this and this like, yeah, like, this summer, yeah I would love to see a, a Moses Brown uh, Teo Maldon, uh, Ty Jerome even, uh, Kenrich Williams. I'd love to see those guys in Summer League just because it's just another opportunity for them to fine-tune their development because they're going to have a lot of opportunities, Christine, the rest of the, the rest of the season. But those opportunities, they're kind of weird because there's little to no identity with this team anymore without yeah. SJ, without Al Horford. Yeah. Um, so it's just a bunch of guys just basically throwing shit against the wall and seeing if something can stick and that, I mean, that's, that's all they can do like i'm not trying to insult them no uh, I'm, that's I, all they can do like they're trying to go out there and win so they're doing anything and everything that they can think of in order to try and, and do it i don't think it's fair to say they don't have an identity anymore without sda i i just think that their identity at this point now is being that team that is going to force teams to have to come back in the second half. I think that right now you're seeing them make a lot of hustle plays, a lot of good plays in transition, and they can be that team that is just really young and really good at staying competitive, but they don't have the shooting percentage to back it up anymore without having SGA in there, without having Al Horford. Yeah. I mean, George Hill was one of those guys in the very beginning, but he's not there anymore, and Darius Baisley was kind of inconsistent from the beginning, so I never really thought of him as... Um, 
adding to their shooting percentage that much. I think the what you were talking about in the summer league concerning Moses Brown, Teo Maladon, Kendrick Williams. I mean, Ty Jerome, I think, would be good. I also think Isaiah Roby would really benefit from being in the summer league just because I think his uh, production on the offensive end has kind of gone down a little bit. It's declined in the past couple of weeks, and I don't – I don't. I'm not sure why because I he's think he's too gonna, much of a tweener. Yeah, what about, he, what about he doesn't Ken know Rich exactly Williams? what his identity is, and that's why. What? What about Ken Rich Williams? <laughs> you said the we Ken, know what you think about Kendrick Williams. Yeah. What about Ken Rich though? Or Kendrick Lamar, the one that's Sorry. on the team. No, <laughs> Kendrick. Just kidding. Ken, Ken Rich. Rich. I. Uh, he's really rich. He plays in the NBA. Yep. In comparison to I us. I mean, True. yeah. I was about to say. I mean, is he? But he might be uh, on a glorified ten day for all we know. Could be. I would. I would gladly take a ten-day contract, though. <laughs> yeah. Oh, me too. Just make Sam, money, Sam, money, if money, you're money. listening, yes. Sam, if you're listening, so Sam, good. um, you can sell me for a draft pick. Yeah, Sam, you trying to lose games? You know, we you got. That's exactly what I said. I was like, if you're trying to lose games, sign put us me up. in. We can lose. I games. got you. We, I, we could lose you some games. But what if we found out Matt is just too good to tank? <laughs> Matt, Matt is he just too plays good the game the right way. <laughs> Matt Burton would be too good to tank. I'm basically just Ty Jerome. Yeah, just yeah. Can't, you, can't <laughs> put, <laughs> you can't put Burton and Milk on the floor at the same time. It's just God dang it. The, the offense is too crisp. Oh, it's just too sharp. Yeah, but I think that Isaiah Roby would really benefit because right now I don't think he even knows his identity. I think he's really good at being a contributor as far as ball movement goes I think he's fantastic in transition like his change of pace and acceleration really helps them get a couple steps ahead every single play he's in transition wise and he's able to see the floor really well outside of that though I don't think he's good at finding his own shot and I think that that's why he would benefit from going into the summer league and you know Teo Maldon he is a good player but after SGA hasn't been in the past couple of weeks, you can tell that he's really struggling in leading this offense. He's he's hit his wall. Yeah, like, he's he's not really had a game that's really popped out. Like he, I remember he he played good against the Celtics. Like he, he had a game yeah, last. He did. He had a game last week where he had eleven or twelve rebounds and wasn't shooting well. And I just remember going, well, like he brought something to the table, even though he yeah. wasn't shooting well. He had another game where he had uh, seven turnovers, which was uncharacteristic. Uh, but shot the ball kind of well. So it's like, okay, well, he never really has an awful game, but he hasn't really had a game that's really popped off the screen like he did that Phoenix game in the middle of the year uh, a few months ago. So, I mean, with Teo, it's just, I mean, what do you really, what are your expectations for a player like that coming out of the second round from overseas? And if you have anything higher than what he's done thus far, then you're you're rather unrealistic. Like, his, his Growth is going to be in the off season, and that's why I keep bringing up the whole so summer you're, league you're, thing. You're definitely unrealistic if you had those expectations. Not, yeah. pro- not probably. I you're mean, definitely look, unrealistic. this rookie class is so bad. You can make, you can make <laughs> an argument yeah, yeah. that he could be like an all rookie team. True. You, could. True. you, you really I could. I mean, I guess you really he could. could. I wouldn't agree. I wouldn't. I wouldn't put him there. But I wouldn't say that you're a fanboy. Yeah, but, but you, I wouldn't agree because that would be taking away a spot from Pokashevsky. Um, oh. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, Poku. Sorry. What? You know, <laughs> it's it's interesting just because all the things that we thought after watching him play four games, it's like, okay, I know he can do all this stuff because he he can do it. Like he can cross, he can he dribble cross, he can he can run the floor, he's got great vision. Um he plays not necessarily fearless with his lack of physical size, but He's fearless when he puts the ball on the floor. Like he's just the anti Terrence Ferguson. It makes all the sense in the world to me when I say it that way. If it doesn't make sense to you, 
apologies. But the thing with Pokushevsky, we knew it after four games. Okay, he can do all these things, but he can't do it against trash to average to, of course, not even elite NBA-level defenders. So the whole thought was send him to the G League. As soon as the G League bubble starts, throw him out there so he can do it against fringe NBA players, get that confidence up, then bring him back to the Thunder and see if he can apply that confidence and actually put some production on the floor. And he slowly but surely put some of that production on the floor. I mean, 21 points tonight. And, I mean, Matt, he hit that sweet just dribble cross, like pull-up jumper fadeaway from the corner three-point shot. And it's like, <laughs> look, I'm not saying he's going to be a knockdown three-point shooter, but when you see him hit shots like that, yeah. it doesn't look fluky because he tries those things. Yeah, He's just not hit them. But once the light comes on and once he's a little bit more acclimated to the league physically, mentally, like you would think that those shots will start to fall with some regularity, with some respectability that he has to be defended. And that's the whole thing with Pokashevsky. Yeah, and he's not lacking in confidence, or else he wouldn't shoot those shots. He wouldn't shoot it like those little step, like kind of step back or anything like that. So I have never I think seen a player in the NBA as like te- like as technically bad as him be so confident. I'm well, not saying I wouldn't he's a say bad he's player. Like, I wouldn't say he's technically bad. He's just okay. He's well, like, not. He has. You can tell. He has not grown into his body at all. Like he is at all. That will be not two, two three years from now. Yes. Yeah. No. And he'll be great then. I'm just saying that, like, with how low of a shooting percentage he usually has, he is not shy at shooting the ball at all. And that's surprising to me because, like, I I don't even know how he gets in that mind frame where he's like, I'm just gonna keep, I'm just gonna keep shooting no matter yeah, well, what. Well, those probably went in at uh, Olympiacos B. Olympia, well, yeah, absolutely. Those probably, they those went probably in. Went in. Like, so that's why he's like, oh, yeah, no, they've gone in before at the in the Greek second division. Well, but, if he played in the first division, I mean, maybe I maybe he'd be a little bit better. Probably. <laughs> maybe. If he wasn't good enough to play in the first division. But, yeah, no, I, I like Pokashevsky. I mean, if he pans out, it's going to be very, very fun to watch. See, I, that, Christine, that was something that we were talking about before you came uh, to the studio after leaving the arena. You know, we're, we're all excited for the potential for the Thunder in the draft. Like, that's kind of taking precedent now that we're getting, like, they finally announced when the lottery is going, like, the yeah. to get into the lottery, the, like, the draft positioning, and then, of course, the NBA draft itself on July 29th, I believe. So now that's what Thunder fans are basically having their attention on. And that's all exciting, and it's very important for this franchise. And not only that, but the development of SGA, the development of uh, Darius Baisley, Lou Dort. But something that's kind of, like, not been swimming around in my brain as much as it probably should is what if the Thunder, you know, they're going to get a very talented player. Are they going to get Cade Cunningham? I don't know. Mm-hmm. But they're going to get a very talented player, and if they don't get a top five pick initially, they have a very good chance of jumping in to the top five with all the all the assets that they have. What if Poku also pans out? Right. Now, I don't know what his ceiling is. I'm not, I don't want us to sit here and say, like, he can be like this or that or that, but let's just say he becomes a... You know, just at the, I guess, a high-end role player. Like, I know I just said, I would, let's yeah. not say that he's this or that. I, I don't want this to be an exercise of, like, he could be like Kevin Durant. Well, yeah, mixed with, not player comparison. Yeah, like, yeah. none of that crap. But let's just say that he's a guy who can give you 16 to 18 points a night. Mm-hmm. To me, that would be absolutely panning out. Oh, right. For sure. If he yeah, pans 100%. out, along with SGA becoming an all-star perennial, along with Lou Dort becoming an elite perimeter defender, as well as a very respectable, if not a fairly solid role player on offense. Darius Baisley makes developments. And then, of course, the Thunder get lottery picks. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, Poku potentially puts this over the top in yeah. terms of going straight from the lottery to not being a play-in team, not being an 8-7 team, but being like a 5th, 4th, or 3rd, potentially, if like the cards fall right. If Poku like pans out, that's that's how good this team can be. Yeah, absolutely. And that's my thing with Poku. I think the reason why I'm so hard on him is because I see his potential based on his size and based on just his basketball IQ, like he base he makes a lot of great decisions whenever he is uh, on the floor and he's, you know, doing that dribble step back or he's trying to go to the rim or he sees that he's open for a three and decides to take it besides the fact that he's missed like, you know, like the past four shots, he makes really smart decisions. It's just right now, his execution is low because he's not used to his body yet. He's very young. He's very uncoordinated. And that's just going to take time for him to develop. And that's why I believe that in two to three years, it's going to catch up. And then when those two things come together, he will be a very strong player. And if he's still with the Thunder at that time, they're really going to benefit from having someone like him on the floor to be able to stretch the offense, stretch the defense, be able to use him in different situations. Because I feel like he can be really versatile, as we've seen. You know, he can go to the rim, even though he's not, you know, as confident right now because he's getting a little bit bullied down there. That's just a size thing. But, you know, he can go to the rim. He can make that elbow shot. He can also step back and take a three. And having someone at his length really stretch that offense is going to be really strong for the Thunder if he stays with them. So I think that his potential is exciting, although I feel like that potential is a ways down the road. It definitely is. And, like, he's he has I, – I need to – we need to stop putting, like, numbers on him. Like, he's not a four. He's not a five. Like, no, yeah. he, is, he is a guard. He has guard skills. And I guess if you had to put a, a number on it, which I hate, uh, <laughs> a, a three, he would be a three, a small forward. But like he has, he has guard skills. Like he can handle it. Like someone his size should not be able to handle it as well yeah. as he does. No, no 100%. He, he he can definitely get tighter with it because he's he's real loose with it right now. Yeah, and everything. <laughs> he can definitely get it tighter to his body and everything. But um, and, and that, that, but that'll come. I mean, that that'll come. And but that again, they they probably weren't taking it from him when he's out here at Olympiacos. <laughs> like, no, just saying, they, weren't. they weren't. There's no way. Just so he could get away with it there. He can't get away boys. with it. Here. Yeah. So that's that's what excites me is that. He can handle it at that height and shoot it like he can at that height. Make those passes like he can at that. Like he's basically a, he's a seven very, foot guard. Very crisp. Well, that's what I was going to talk about because like even that court vision that I I love about him, mm-hmm. it still has a long way to go, uh, both mentally and physically. Mentally because he knows he can make the pass, but he is still not adapted or acclimated to the speed of the game because he has right. about two or three passes. A night that are like that. That's a nice pass, but it just is a hair late, or mm-hmm. it's just a hair too early, and the defender is able to make a steal or at least deflect the pass. And it's like that's something that'll be cleaned up, hopefully in an off season, hopefully uh, next season with more opportunities, with uh, a better team, a higher standard. I mean, I, it's just amazing to me how I know Poku's been playing and he's been playing rather well compared to what he was in the first half of the season, uh, but it's not really crossed my mind of like, well, what if he pans out? Yeah. Because we know SGA or have a very good idea that he's going to be an all-star, you know, frequently. I don't know what Darius Baisley is. He's absolutely hit a wall this year. Lou Dort has surprised everybody, and I don't even want to put a ceiling on him. Mm-hmm. Teo Maldon, I don't know what his future is. Ty Jerome, uh, Isaiah Roby, Kenner Williams, those guys, those are just at, probably at best role players if they're kept. Moses Brown, I have no idea. Um 
but there's always the unknown factor of the lottery picks when they come. And then what if Oklahoma City gets, you know, one good, you know, lottery player? Sam Presti says or decides this team's good enough. I'm going to use some assets to trade for a vet to help this team out Mm -hmm. to make a playoff run. Like the Thunder can just turn this off. Like the whole like rebuild thing, they can turn this off. I think as early as next season's deadline. Yeah. depending on how the first half of next year goes and whoever they draft in the offseason. Yeah, and you mentioned Darius Baisley, too. He's one I'm I'm upset that he's injured. Like, I don't know how I don't know how bad the injury is. You guys would probably know more than me. Oh, uh, it's a uh, <laughs> right shoulder he's, soreness. He's he's, he's just done for the year. <laughs> which which that probably which that upsets me because you know, when he played he played great in the bubble. He played awesome in the bubble, and we were expecting bigger, was like, underplayed by Billy things. Donovan. Yeah, in the it was played. Mm-hmm. We were expecting. All right, he's going to continue that on this year, and he kind of took a little step back. And I don't know. I think he could really, he he would really be benefiting right now, as because yeah. he would be the main like the main guy out here, and I think that would benefit him a whole lot. Just kind of give him that confidence, be like, hey, Baze, like you're playing with Poku and Kinrich and Isaiah Roby, like. You're our guy. Like, go, go make something happen. Like, go make something happen. It, and I think, I think, I don't know. I, I think that this will hurt. Will hurt him. I think it was just unfortunate because heading into this season, I thought that SGA and Darius Baisley were going to be very similar in the in how they developed and their speed at developing. But it was very clear within about a month that SGA was just exponentially growing and Darius was kind of going on this tread line of getting really inconsistent and so at this point I feel like Darius Baisley is one of the biggest question marks to me because I don't know what his projection is going to look like I don't even know like how he's going to really improve from now because like you said I feel like he would be benefiting from this situation but also there were a couple of games this season before he got injured that it was kind of on his shoulders a little bit because like SGA was having an off night or um, you know Al Horford wasn't in because there was a back-to-back and so it was going to fall more on Darius Baisley than any other player of his size and he still wasn't being productive on the offensive end and not really on the defensive end either so I don't even know if he's one of those guys that thrives off of that pressure I don't think he is I don't think he's able to just have an on switch yet and I think that's just because he's so young and doesn't really quite know how to really grow in all the his facets of the game because he is so versatile that he has so many areas that he can learn from but I just don't think that he's that guy and I don't know and so because I don't think he's that guy I don't really necessarily know what his identity is right now and that might be because I haven't seen him play no in a a bit but I'm I still he's I think as far as the thunder goes he's kind of my biggest question mark yeah no I agree and he the thing sorry this is just gonna be like real quick but he, I don't know. I, I would have liked to have seen him play the rest of this season out, simply because there's no expectations, right? You have no expectations to go out there and win. So you could you could make this like a sh- makeshift summer league, like this this last half of the year. Like, hey, yep. go wor- against better competition, obviously. But like, hey, go work on this. Like, go go work on you being our our first option. I think that this. Well, last they, half of the season could have re- really helped, basically. Well, they did that with Darius anyway in just terms of the defensive responsibility that was thrust yeah. upon him, mm-hmm. and it, it affected him because he just 
I didn't expect him to be ready for it, right. but it affected the rest of his game, which yeah. was a little bit surprising, but it shouldn't surprise you when you remember that he didn't play college, he didn't play overseas. He was a rookie last year in the weirdest year and ever, so he's still basically a rookie in my mind. So at the end of the day, it's not shocking, but I would say the doomsday scenario for Darius, and this is far too early, but we already talked about Poku and how we're enamored with his future. A lot of what Poku does is what I wanted Darius to be able to do. For but sure, Poku sure. has better guard skills, like you said. Like he's he's just quicker with it. Yeah. Whereas Darius is a little bit more methodical, and he's already b- grown into his body well more than Poku has. Darius is going to get bigger. He's going to get faster, but. Poku is probably just going to be a more finesse player compared to Darius. So if Poku hits, then Darius kind of becomes expendable. Yeah. And it'd be unfortunate just because I think Darius has a bright future. But if he just can't get it together on both ends of the floor and still bring what he's able to bring, you know, vision-wise, scoring, defense, all those things, uh, well, then the Thunder basically have plan B in Pokushevsky with a higher ceiling. I kind of talked about this with Adam Francisco, um, friend of the pod <laughs> uh, of the Swap Report. Check him out. But we talked about this in the arena the other night where, you know, basically Darius Baisley versus Olevsky Pokushevsky. And I kind of already had spoken about this, but I'm going to go at this at a greater length. I thought that he was going to improve faster. Like, I thought that throwing him into the game, throwing him as in as a starter, throwing him in to this new situation, that he was just going to take it and run with it. But he didn't. And it seems like his improvements were very minuscule week to week. So that leads me to kind of think, like, in terms of his future, it would probably take him longer than Poku to figure it out. So then you're going to see Poku's production, I feel like, start to supersede Darius Baisley's because Poku, I think, from what I can tell, especially from this season and especially after seeing him come back from the G League, it seemed like he just absorbed everything he learned from that like a sponge. And he came back seeing those scenarios and being able to adjust to them quicker than he did before he left for the G League. But Darius Baisley, I don't see having that same, I don't want to say tenacity, but not having that same learning Pizzazz. curve. Sure, yeah. So it's just, Mash. it's just, it's really strange because I guess I I expected too much out of D- Darius Baisley heading into the season, and now I don't know if I'm too jaded. And when I think about his future, just based on the fact that I feel like his improvements have not been as quick as they need to be in a league like this to be, you know, a great quote-unquote. Because if you look at Poku versus Baisley, ultimately one of them's going to be, like, your go-to guy. So then whoever you have as your backup, they're going to become expendable, like Brady said. And I would have assumed it was going to be, obviously, Baisley at the forefront and then Poku after that. But if Poku's getting all these minutes and he's able to grow into his body... That's going to be trouble for me. Guys, po- Darius going to play the four and Poku's going to play the three. If Poku oh grows, he's not going to be a. Th- it's going to be positionless. But if he grows, it, 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 already, it already is right it now. So. so that's why I love Tom Crean. If you remember, he uh, was, uh, coaching at Georgia. basketball player. Yeah, the position on every single player was BB for basketball player or BP for basketball. Player. <laughs> I love the, it. That's it's the best fantastic. thing I've ever heard. Yeah. <laughs> Guys, any final thoughts from this game? Uh, uh, no, throw out the tape. 
Svee was great. Svee was good. He, I love, Svee had I love a good Svee. game. Very he, proud. Uh, Sviatoslav Mihailuk. Mikhailuk. From love Ukraine. Svee. I am from Ukraine. And from the Kansas Jayhawks. No, he was born in Ukraine. He was not born in, as a Kansas Well, he Jayhawk, played no. with the Kansas Jayhawks. Bless his heart. Like, welcome to America. This is He's doing well this in is Lawrence, Kansas. Kansas. Yes. Get out of my face, Matt Burton. <laughs> yeah, I thought he had a great game. You know, he was 2 of 3 from behind the arc and 7 of 10 from the floor. So, way to go, bro. Thunder- also, if you... Sorry, I'm so sorry. sorry. Final, <laughs> final thought from this game. If you, like... Uh, I'm surprised if this doesn't make it onto Worldwide Wob's tweet where he is like, basketball is beautiful. The last, like, minute 15 of that game, the Thunder threw it away, like, four straight possessions. Oh, my gosh. And they went to go shoot I can't believe you haven't talked about how so sucky bad. the ball movement was tonight. You know so you know what it was like? You know what it reminded it's, me of? It's implied. You know, like, look at the starting five well, and then duh. go from there. Well, duh. But also, you, do you know whenever you, like, take food out of the microwave – and it, you take it off, and you like it's too hot, but then you just bite into it anyway. I and don't then it's have like a microwave. I'm, uh, someone's rich over here. Ooh. Anyway, <laughs> I felt like it was like that. It was just like a whole um, scenario of like everything's too hot, and I don't want to touch anything, right. and just throwing yeah. it away. Yeah, no, just watch the last minute fifteen. That was it was so bad. I mean, it was even before that. Like there was so many plays where they just threw the ball away, and then there was a couple where. They would overthrow Poku, and I'm like, dude, if you're overthrowing Poku, who's tall as hell, how, what are you doing? How is this kind of accurate at all? Which is so strange because it has been one their... week since you looked at me. Okay, that's been the strongest, you know, like one of their strongest Talk advantages. Your head to the side instead of angry. <laughs> anyway, so that's it for me. Something about Sailor Moon and feeling bad about watching the animes. Yeah. Goodness, Christine, sitting over there. Anyway, the Thunder are back in <laughs> so action. So rude. I knew that was going to happen. Uh, yeah, that's that was pro- a good one, Christine. It's protein, man. This is the protein. <laughs> Miss Fitness over yonder. True. Thunder are back in action on Wednesday against the Toronto Raptors. And then they play Chris Paul and the Phoenix Suns on Friday. Second night of back-to-back the following day against Portland on the road. And then everybody's most anticipated game. Next Monday, in Oklahoma City, Thunder, Detroit Pistons. Yes, this is one. This is a big one for all the marbles. Yes, yep. Jerry We're better sitting, be on the which, post game. The, the Thunder are gonna sit Moses Brown. They're gonna sit Teo. They're gonna sit Poku. And just roll with the it. Pistons. Can't send them all out. They might have to sit Hami. He was on fire tonight. Apparently, they're gonna sit Hami. Six of eight from the floor. Is Jeremy Grant points. still playing? They're gonna. They're gonna sit him. Oh man, poor Jeremy. Poor. Poor Jeremy. I guess we should uh, mention, since Thunder fans still love Russell Westbrook, and you know I understand why, he had a, what was it, Matt? 35 points, 14 boards, 21 assists. The NBA's first ever 35, 10, and 20 game. Mr. Triple-Double himself, and now like through yeah. how many games this season, he is already the Wizards' all-time leader in triple-doubles. It's so. like 38 games. He's played 38 games. <laughs> so, two franchises. Yeah. Russell Westbrook is the triple-double oh, king. Is that like that? First bout Hall of Famer, if you ask me. Uh, Christine, good job. Thanks, Brady. Mm-hmm. Matt Burton, always a pleasure. Thank you. Love you guys so much. I hope everybody enjoys their baseball on the radio. <laughs> but we will more than likely Randy. we will more than likely be uh, back on the air following the Thunder and the Raptors on Wednesday nights. Some combination of the three of us or Ryan Chapman. 
Uh, probably Ryan, right, Matt? Uh, more than likely. Uh, okay. Wow, the vibes will be off. Vibes will be way off. Yeah. Just, vibes were good tonight. They, we had to. We had a. We had to a curveball throw oh, at us. Get it? Like what I did there. Uh, uh, oh, it's, and then it's we, a you sinker. Know, and we made it good. You know, we, we made, made the a, best out of a bad situation. We made the field fielder's choice to come into this studio. <laughs> you might say. I'm not a pun yeah. person, so I'll and leave we it just to had you. to intentionally walk into the studio. Yeah. So baseball's really boring to watch when it's played by <laughs> millionaires. Everybody, thank you so much for listening to the OKC82 podcast. Thank you for listening to 107.7 the franchise. I'm sure we'll get all of our ducks in a row Wednesday if there is a Rangers game. So we can be on the radio <laughs> for the NBA team that plays in Oklahoma City. Anyway, thank you for listening. Good night, everybody.